Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Over the doors and bottom Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. 
where we have a conversation that ranges from viruses to vaccines, from flu to health and fitness, from fire safety education to community risk reduction. We want you to ask yourself, where will I and my family be when disaster strikes? So we thank you for tuning in so you can get informed, you can establish a plan if you have not done so already, you can develop a survival kit if you have not done so already, and you can periodically reassess your plan and your kit. As the gospel song instructs, we need you to survive, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gives us spiritual instruction to, quote, unquote, watch the weather. So without further delay, um, of course, I greet you with the greeting words of peace. We say it in the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Thank you, Brother Rudolph, for that return greeting, which we are taught and we love to share with our listening audience, that not only is that a greeting, that is actually a prayer, me for you, you for me. So without further delay, it gives me great pleasure to bring to the line our dear co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, who will take us further in the program. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. Beginning all things in the name of the one God, the true and living God, the great I am that I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, that one who is responsible for all of our life, that one that is responsible for all that was, is, and ever will be. Yes, that great omnipotent, omnipresent power in the world today. Yes, they call him the grand architect of the universe. Some call him grandfather. They call him Jehovah. They call him Yahweh. They call him Kankashala. They are many names that he goes by. But no matter what name you call him, the entity that we are discussing is the same. It is that one eternal being who is responsible for everything that is in existence and that was here before you and I and our parents got here to show what what a great and noble parent he is. He provided a whole world of resources for us before we ever stepped foot into the universe and took our first breath. He knew us when we were in the womb, the scripture says. So he knows all Mm -hmm. about us, knows who we are, what we are, and what we're going to do before we can even think to do it. And so we thank him for not leaving us comfortless in this day and time. We thank him for appearing to us in the person of Master Farid Muhammad. We thank him for traveling 9,000 miles to seek and save you and I who were lost. He came to the shores of North America, and he appeared 
and he taught one face to face as a man speaketh to his brother. And he raised up one and then left that one on the scene to show forth and prove his power. That is none other than the great emancipator, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Yes, and then to further show forth and prove his power, after he trained one, so he's the teacher, now he left the student on the scene. Then the student taught one and left him on the scene to deal with whatever was here because he said, You're, now you are equipped. Now you can handle it. And so the student of the student of the God is the known as the heavyweight champion of the world. Beat the drums. The champ is here. Boom, boom, boom. The champ is here. Everywhere he goes on this planet, that's what you hear. The real champ, heavyweight champ of freedom, justice, and equality, truth, and no comics. Yes, that is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, your and our big brother, the mouthpiece for the oppressed. And so in those three great names, Brother Yusuf, we greet the family of Muhammad, the well-wishers of Muhammad. They, we, 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 we greet the supporters of Muhammad. And even those who don't realize that they are out of their mind and they are detractors of Muhammad because no matter what plan or scheme you contrive, you can't handcuff God. So whatever you do, it works for the benefit of Almighty God and his people. So with those three great names, Brother Yusuf, I want to greet everyone in the greeting words of peace and of paradise. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Wa alaykum salam, Brother Rudolph. Uh-huh. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. <laughs> I, I, you know, I know somebody listening and they say, man, what's wrong with that, brother? Has that brother been, you know, what what is wrong with that brother? Did he take too many of his medications? Is that brother indulging in something? No, this brother is glad to be alive in this day and time. Every day that I can wake up and put my feet on the floor, get up, give thanks to God for waking up, dress myself, and am in my right frame of mind, and that's a question mark there, depending on who you talk to. But that, that you know, that's a reason why my spirit stays high, because I understand that in a second, life can be gone. Life, as you and I know it, can disappear from us. And so I'm trying to practice an attitude of gratitude and to be grateful that's for right. all that Almighty God Allah blesses me with, whether I know it or not. Conscious, so I'm consciously, consciously praising him and thanking him regardless of my current circumstances because we have to remember when we go through a trial, your current circumstance is not the end. It's only the end mm-hmm. if you give up. As long as you keep getting up and you 
keep working toward the goal, you will come out of that. The scripture says, surely after difficulty comes ease. Well, if you read the footnotes um, uh, after that scripture, what it, and this is the way I interpreted it when I read it, it lets you know that in the difficulty, it propels you to the ease because you don't sit mm. back and wallow in the difficulty. You work through it. You and your family are in a one-bedroom apartment, and it's getting real tight in there. You got one car, and you got to take the children to school, take the wife to school. Then somehow you got to get to work without being late. Then you got to reverse the process and pick everybody up. That's stressful on the mind. Well, through the difficulty of that, it will cause you to get a second car so that you can ease the stress off of yourself and the vehicle. It causes you to get a two- or three-bedroom apartment so now everyone can stretch out. But it is only the difficulty of that circumstance that agitated you enough to do whatever was necessary to change the current conditions all praises due to Allah. So truly, after difficulty comes ease. I'm going to stop it right there, Brother Yusuf. Back to you. No, brother, don't stop that, brother. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Look, brothers and sisters, I don't know if you heard it or if you feel it like I did, the spirit coming off of Brother Rudolph this morning, this afternoon, this evening, depending on where you are on the planet, all 196,940,000 square miles of it, but just his attitude of gratitude, giving thanks to Allah, not just for the sun, moon, and the stars, praising our Savior for what is and what was. He's taking hold of his iman, his faith. He's telling you, don't give in to shaitan. Satan, no you who believe, let's right. give thanks to Allah. Right. And then he's giving thanks to Allah's representative, the messenger Messiah, where he says there's a bomb in Gilead to heal Ooh, the sin-sick soul. There's a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. And so we've got to acknowledge who brought us, not like told us knowledge itself of who we are, but of whose we are. I think the yeah. scripture says something like this, which was the base scripture for the Million Man March. Second Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people who are called by their name, my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins, and heal their land. So don't stop, Brother Rudolph. I don't think anybody in this listening audience is not without wanting to be healed. All of us are going through something some kind of trial, some kind of struggle. After difficulty does come easy, you were right in what we were taught of that scripture. But guess what? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, if you're not in denial, and we're not talking about that river in Northeast (laughs) Africa, denial, but if you go somewhere and not encounter struggle, not encounter trial, and then when you get back, let us know where you were. Right. Everybody's going through something. Everybody's in need of a healing, and we just opened up 
by thanking Almighty God, Allah, the Messenger Messiah, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, that they gave us knowledge itself. They offered us an opportunity to turn obstacles just into that. We right. turn our obstacles into opportunities by God's permission. Thank we you, turn bro. our adversity into advantage by God's yeah. permission. Yeah. And we turn our trials into triumphs by God's permission. Yeah. Go ahead. It's one Preach. thing to Preach. have a doctor or <laughs> it's one thing to have the medication <laughs> in the right prescription and it's prescribed. Fasting prescribed for you. But you need yes, a, a doctor to apply the right healing. And so we know That's the right. most honorable Elijah Muhammad was blessed to produce two books, How to Eat to Live, books one and two, to teach us about our God-given immune system. Right. He titled the books How to Eat to Live, but at the top of the book it says, From God in Person, Master Father Muhammad. And if I can quote the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, he says, if we eat the proper food and eat at the proper time, the food will keep us living a long, long time. We've been given the medicine and the doctor if we but understood. And yeah. don't think, brothers and sisters, that this, um, what was called COVID-19, has gone away because there are so right. many other uh, 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 immune uh, 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 deficient uh, airborne pathogens in this world. If we're right. not building up our immune system, and 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 if we don't fall for the okie doke, then we still have to take those practical steps for self care. That's what right. you can do to protect yourself. You know, you can take the antiviral antiseptics and prevention and treatments. You know, ivermectin is one thing. Yes, the sir. black cumin seed is another thing. That's right. Antiseptic gargle mouthwash is another thing. Pax immune is another thing. Yeah. Immune boosters such as good nutrition, the sun. Y'all didn't forget the sun, did you? It's 93 oh, million miles one. away. But, and it may be cloudy wherever you are. In fact, if, if you're <laughs> yeah, don't cost you nothing. Ain't that something? That's, that's Ashford and Simpson. Don't cost you right. nothing. Yeah, oh, right? come on and now. even if it's cloudy, like if you're on the East Coast, right, brothers and sisters, it's been cloudy the last four or five days, and it's going to be cloudy, and precipitation is, is, is uh, the order of the day for the next five days. But as our dear brother, Brother Minister Jabril used to teach us, he said, you know, even though it's a cloudy day, the sun still exists above That's the clouds. Right. So we can take that on so many different levels, brothers and sisters, yeah. physically, mentally, morally, spiritually. So don't forget the immune boosters, good nutrition, sun, fresh air, exercise, yeah. vitamin D3, vitamin C, quercetin, zinc. I mean, it's, it, it, it's so much, but we just wanted to offer that to you because today we were talking about what uh, you might want to consider as it relates to if you don't have a uh, private care physician, you might want to, you know, stay tuned in 
even though those of us who uh, are striving to be upright, to adhere to the prescription of how to eat and live, most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, most of us outlive our doctors. Doctors don't even outlive their patients today. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, we want to offer you, for those who may be interested, uh, certain tips for choosing a new primary care physician. Uh, if you have one and they're not serving you to your uh, needs, you might want to consider a few of these steps, and I'm going to bounce off of uh, using Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, Etna. Brother Rudolph, yeah. as the Etna. foundation. Yeah. I'm just using yeah. them as a resource and a, a reference, yes, ladies and gentlemen. You can choose whatever insurance you would like. You know, if you recently moved or just ready for a change, selecting a primary care physician is an important first step toward managing your health care. Your primary care doctor is your medical, quote, unquote, home. As the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, our kitchen should be our hospital as well. This article goes on to state it's the doctor you visit for most medical needs, including wellness visits and routine screenings, non-emergency illnesses like ear aches and sore throats, and the person you speak to about your health questions and concerns. If you have an HMO, your primary care physician will also be the person who refers you to see a specialist. Right. Some patients primary care relationships can span decades, while others will be short-lived because you changed insurance or you moved. No matter how long you plan to see your primary care physician, the relationship is an important one. You'll want to select someone you feel comfortable having honest conversations with, That's someone right with expertise in the areas that meet your health needs and someone who is in the quote-unquote in-network for your health insurance plan. And so, uh, you know, there, according to, um, again, Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, there are five tips for choosing a new primary care physician. I'm not going to get into detail of the five tips, but I will mention them, and I'll let Brother Rudolph uh, move as the spirit moves him based on his research. But number one is determine which doctors are, quote, unquote, in network. That's number one, determine which doctors are in network. Number two. Find a doctor with expertise that meets your health needs. Number two, find a doctor with expertise that meets your health needs. Number three, ask for referrals. Number three is ask for referrals. Number four, logistics. Number four is think about logistics. And number five is 
visit the doctor. So we'll start that with that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, as our baseline assessment, the five tips for choosing a new primary care physician. Number one, to determine which doctors are in network. Number two, find a doctor with expertise that meets your needs, whether it's family practice, internal medicine, or general practice. Number three, ask for referrals. Number four, think about logistics. And number five, visit the doctor. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir, Brother Yusuf. Man, that was excellent, brother. That was excellent. Yes. Yes. I'm snapping my fingers, brother. See ya? Just like a spoken word. All praise is due to Allah. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, now, for everyone that's listening, right now we're going to pause for the cause because we have a commercial. And this commercial says that at some point during this broadcast, we are going to take a break and shift gears because we're expecting a guest on and we want to give him his proper time because this guest has, um, how do we say, he is a maker of men. He is one who um, is responsible for a large segment of the, uh, let's say, FOI in the NOI. This is the brother's brother. Yes, yes. So we're going to leave that right there where it is until he um, comes on, Brother Houston. So if I abruptly stop talking, uh, you know, that means he's entered the room. All right. Well, so, you know, in my go. prayer, Brother Rudolph, I say yes, I am of those who submit. Indeed. Yes, sir. I, I agree, brother. I'm trying to stay in that classroom, brother, trying to stay in that classroom. You know, when I would do good, evil was always present, you know. Man, 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 if it wasn't for the fasting uh, to strengthen my immune system from the BS, and if it wasn't for the fervent prayers of the righteous who send up the prayers, on my behalf, I don't know where I'd be, Brother Yusuf. I don't know where I would be. But now okay. talking about these physicians, if first the first thing you have to do, you have to admit that you have need of a physician. And that starts you on your quest to find that right doctor that's in network that one that is a specialist in the areas that you are deficient and ill in. So in order to do that, what are you going to do? Well, everyone should get a complete physical at least once a year. And when we talk about, yeah, yeah, we're talking about this Gregorian calendar. You could talk about the lunar calendar. You could talk about whatever you want. Whatever constitutes a complete year in your mind, in that time frame, you need to get a complete checkup from a health care provider. And that, so that means a physical examination. That means blood work, 
to check on what's going on on the inside. That means radiology, x-ray, CAT scan, MRIs, sonograms, whatever it takes. But you need to get that complete physical. And then when you get the results of that complete physical back, then you need to be able to sit with someone who can decipher those numbers and let you know what those numbers are saying, someone who can read the EKG and explain to you what all those squiggly lines mean, someone who can interpret those films from the x-rays, sonograms, MRIs, CAT scans, and let you know what you're looking at and what they're looking at and determine whether it is normal or abnormal, away from the normal, you know? Um, and then you speak to your health care provider about getting a referral for a specialist in those particular areas so that now you can deal with someone who has a little better knowledge than just general knowledge of those areas, someone who specializes in those areas and can take you to another step in your quest for good health and can help to deal with whatever the diagnoses are for the deficiencies of not just those tissues, those organs, but those body systems that it comprises. Uh, And I think we're about ready to bring on our guest, but I'm gonna keep going until until till he's right there and he's ready to take over the mic, brother Yusuf. Okay, and so after now you did because you gotta remember the body, the way the body is made up, it's made up of cells, which are singular uni uh, 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 things, but a group of cells make up tissue. A group of tissue make up organs, and a group of organs make up the organism or the body or the system, okay? Let's take that back. You got single cells, but when you clump those cells together, you get a group of cells together, now you have tissue. When you put a bunch of tissue together, you can form an organ, whether it's your kidney, your heart, your liver, your lungs, your spleen, your gallbladder, you know. That's what a group of tissue will produce. And then those tissue that produce those organs, then you start clumping organs together and you end up with systems. So for your cardiovascular System. You have the heart, which is the pump. You have the arteries and veins, which are the pathways or the hoses or the piping for the system that's going to carry the blood throughout the body. And then, of course, you have the fluid, which is the blood itself, which carries oxygen and nutrients to every living cell, and it removes debris and waste um, from the cells and takes it away 
to get it away from the cells, get it to where it needs to be in the body so it can be properly disposed of and excreted from the body. And that cardiovascular, cardio heart, vascular or vasculature, which are those arteries, arterioles, and platelet, uh, 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 capillaries, the veins, the venules, and the filaries, again, which allow the fluid to flow seamlessly throughout the entire body. So, cells, tissue, organs, systems. Now, so you're looking for the specialist to deal with those systems, that system that is not working efficiently, effectively, or is at a deficit. And he's going to let you know what kind of tests you need. He's going to, in his expert opinion, um, tell you what medication you may need to correct the thing, and then he's going to write the prescription for you. You're going to take it to the pharmacist. pharmacist is going to tell you how to take it, um, or he's going to give it to the nurse, and the nurse will explain to you whether, you, depending on whether you're in or out. Oh, man, I hear that. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking to, and how may we be of assistance to you, great brother? Assalamualaikum, my dear brother. Waalaikum salam to all who are listening. We want you to hold on to your seats if you're sitting down. If you're standing, hurry up and sit down because the earth is about to move. This is none other than our great brother. This is the founder of the Peacekeepers Global Initiative. This is that black man who is able to get other black men to volunteer to walk the streets of their community for one hour a week to change the environment and change the circumstances so that we can have a decent place to live. Yes, I said that. Yes, I did. He gets black men to volunteer to do this. So you know this must be a special black man here. Yes, so this is none other than our own Captain Dennis Muhammad. Captain Dennis? Oh, brother, I'm waiting on to listen to that brother you just talked about. I'm anxious to hear him. <laughs> is that brother, it's you, brother. sir. It's brother. you, brother. Oh! <laughs> you hear it? He's talking about me? Oh, yes, my dear brother, I thank Almighty God who had came in the person of Master Prat Muhammad for giving me this great opportunity in the name of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and Minister Farrakhan to be on this show with three wonderful brothers that I thank God for the very first day that I was able to be introduced to these three men, Brother Forrest, Brother Yusuf, and Brother Rudolph. I thank God for you men. As you look up to your brother, 
I most certainly look up to you. Every great thing you can say about me, I can find the same thing to say about you. I appreciate your compliments, but I am no ways tired. As Fannie Lou Hayman say, I am no ways tired. I'm not through. And when y'all was talking about health, and you did a wonderful job, Brother Minister Yusuf, and sharing with our people what they need to know about health care. I totally agree with everything you say. A primary health care doctor is very key. And I have a one primary health care doctor. His name is Dr. Barnett, and he's pretty much been my primary for over about 20 years now. And he's the man that assess my needs, my medical needs, and whenever I need a specialist, he gets me the best specialist to do the work. He ain't all the time pick the best ones, but he's pretty much pretty good. But I want to say this to your great listening audience. The information that you're giving your listening audience is so, so precious. You know, Brother Rudolph, you know, Brother Yusuf, I had an experience. And they say, they say, Brother Rudolph, there's two dates or days that you never forget in your life. You'll never forget the day you was born, and you'll never forget the day you found out why you were born. Well, I want to change that for me. There's two dates that I never forget the rest of my life. The day I was born, and April the 19th, the day I died. I died, dear brothers, for six minutes. I coded. I went in to get a back operation, and during, not the procedure, because I never got the procedure. But during the operation for the procedure, the anesthesiologist who thought he put me under, I don't believe I'm the first person that ever had a situation where the anesthesiologist didn't put you completely out and you was conscious all the time of the things that was happening to you but you couldn't say nothing or do nothing because you was in a state of animation. Well, that's the worst fear of anyone to know, man, that you can't say nothing or do nothing because you're absolutely paralyzed. Your eyes are closed so you can't look out because you can't move, but you can feel everything they're doing to you and you can hear everything that's happening. That happened to me. When I went to get my surgery, I'm in OR, they prepping me. My back doctor, he looks over to the anesthesiologist team and he says to them, you haven't put him under yet? I want to get started. So the assistant anesthesiologist, I'm sitting there, I'm laying there. I'm looking, I'm listening. I'm looking at the clock. I'm looking at all my vitals on this big screen, and uh, the anesthesiologist assistant said, Dr. Uh, uh, 
topics. Uh, we waiting on Dr. Farik, the anesthesiologist, to arrive. He says, where's he at? So here he come busting in the door, and the dude's been, he's a strange-looking guy, but he's been in and out, and, and, and I don't like it because there was something that happened that was not routine. And routine was every time I ever had a surgery, the anesthesiologist meet me up where I'm changing clothes, and he introduced himself to me and my wife and asked me certain questions. That's always been routine. But this particular time, this guy didn't do that. I didn't meet him until I'm outside the operating room to go in, and here he comes. He introduced himself to me, and then he asked me the question, Do you, have you ever had any problems coming out of the you have any loose teeth in your mouth, blah, blah, blah. But in my mind, I said, man, you're supposed to have been upstairs so my wife can meet you. That's the way it's always been. But I, it just, I, I just didn't feel the bias with this guy. So when they go mm-hmm. to put me under, he rushes in, and I'm looking at him. And he's got three needles in his hand. And one of the needles had a red tip. I remember that. And he's inserting it into my IV. Now, I'm laying there, and I said to myself, oh, I'm getting ready to go under now. And in my mind, I said, the next time I come to, I will be coming out of the recovery. They had did the surgery. I did this. I did this before. So I look at the clock. It's 9 o'clock. He shoot me with the first one. I don't feel nothing. I said, okay. But that first one, was the, it paralyzed me. I didn't even know I was paralyzed. The second he shot me with was to release, release my muscles. But then I start feeling the, I'm getting ready to go out. I'm feeling the fuzzy. Uh, I'm getting ready to go out now. And all of a sudden, feel this breathing tube coming down my throat. I knew that wasn't, there's something wrong. I never felt the breathing tube. And he's trying to, whatever he's trying to do, he's trying to put it in position, but he thinks that I am completely out. I'm not out. He was so hurried to rush to get me over to the doctor's side of the room that I didn't, I don't know if he put enough medicine. I don't know what he did. All I know, family, as he was sticking this breathing tube down my throat, he was blocking my airway. I'm saying to myself, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I, I mean, in my mind, I can't say that. I can't move. I can't gag. I can't move. My, I'm paralyzed. I can't do nothing. And I watch as I'm you know, taking my last breath, brother Rudolph. Taking my last breath, brother Yusuf and brother Forrest. My last breath. I see darkness roll in. Like a cloud, but I'm I'm like, and I knew this was it. When I took that last breath, I said, "Oh Allah!" All I remember, my heart stopped, and this Asian lady was a beautiful woman in the OR. She was an Asian lady, little small woman, and I was cold, and she said to me. She said, honey, you cold? I said, yes, ma'am. Let me get you a warm blanket. 
Because there's code in this OR. I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, don't worry. It'll be over pretty soon. And, 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 and they said, they're telling me the story. They said, when my heart stopped, a little Asian woman, Brother Rudolph, jumped on top of me. And they said she got to apply CPR so strong that she was sweating. He had to relieve her, so they did, I think, what they told me, Brother Ruben. I think they did two-minute intervals, changing up. Two minutes, they working on me, man, and somebody really, it took them two times, three times, two minutes in interval, about six minutes before they got a pulse. My whole chest, when I, you know, came too early that day, I didn't know why it was so sore. But I thank God for that Asian woman. Now, what they didn't do, Brother Rudolph, as soon as they resuscitated me, they did not reverse the, the anesthesia to bring me out. They didn't reverse it. So I'm still in it. So the next thing I remember was they shocked my arm. I'm still in this, in the, you know, like in that movie, Get Out, I'm in the sunken place. And then when he shot my arm, it looked like my arm was on fire. And I said, oh. And the, I hear the nurse. She said, he's not responding to stimulus, doctor. He said, shock him again. And, he, and I said, oh, I'm howling. Oh, yo. They can't hear me. They can't hear me, man. And I said, oh, Allah. I'm trying to move my finger. I'm trying. They hollering, Dennis. Dennis, open your eyes. Dennis. I can hear him. I'm trying to stop here. The doctor sucked his finger and opened up my eyelid. I'm looking at it. And he's shining the flashlight there. His pupils is dilating. I'm looking at him. He closed it back. Because I don't have, I'm paralyzed. I can't move nothing. But I realized I can move my head. So I start, Brother Rudy, I start shaking my head. You know, like, yo, yo, in my mind, yo. You know what the nurse said? I hear. She says, doctor, he's having a seizure. I heard him say, call the neurologist. I said to myself, oh, damn, I ain't having a seizure. Let me stop shaking my head, right? So I stopped. <laughs> you know, I think that's a guy too, but I know I can't lie. This is, I can't make this kind of stuff up. And I'm saying to myself, I'm not sure, brother. I'm a little confused, brother Yusuf. I don't know, am I in recovery? And he's trying to bring me out. You know, I'm thinking, or I started, and they're going to take me over to the table, and in my mind, then they're going to cut my back open. I can feel it. I can't. Now I'm really panicking, right? I'm like, oh, and they not, I mean, they not doing nothing, man. And I didn't know I died. And so they all along, my wife, they told my wife, that I had coded, and they didn't tell them that I, they resuscitated me because when the doctor told me I was coded, it was about three minutes into me, uh, uh, my heart stopped. So he, he called her back after, after about maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and so the, they had resuscitated me. Well, in the meantime, imagine now, my wife, she thinks I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Dead. She's in the, in, in, in the waiting room. She's screaming. She got nobody with her. Mm. Allah. 
said, oh, my wife, they killed my husband. I told my wife a week before, I said, sweetheart, if I die on that operating table, they told you I called it, that's a lie, sweetheart. They killed me. Two weeks before I went into surgery. What did the doctor do? He comes back. He calls my wife. She's sitting there getting comfortable. You know, you know, I got two and a half. She's she on the earphones and she sees this number. And, yes, uh, Miss Marty, this is Dr. Calford. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Dennis coded on the table. She said, What? Uh, uh, his heart stopped. And we're trying to resuscitate him. And in her mind, that's exactly what I said. He would call and say, that's when she broke down and screamed, they killed my husband. And she called my family, so they thought I was dead. And it was a terrible situation, a trauma. But then he called her back, said, we got him. We get ready to rush him to ICU. So she beat it up to ICU. She told me when she got to ICU, they, she seen the elevator open up, and here they come with me. She be, she got up there before me, and she said it was a team of doctors pushing me real fast, and they got all this stuff on me. I had seven IVs in me, and I'm going to ICU, and she said my eyes were taping. She said I had this too. She, said, she told me I looked like I was dead. And then when they got me to the ICU, of course, my wife telling me the story. The ICU, she's trying to see me. The ICU doctor said, well, Miss Maria, um, he's, uh, right now he's not out the woods. Um, we're, going to, we're going to induce him, put him in a deep coma. Um, we, we got the tube down and we got him here. My wife says to the doctor, take the tube out my husband's throat. He said, well, we're going to keep it at about 4 o'clock. It's about 11.30. She said, Mr. Please, doctor, would you please take the tube out my husband's throat? Please, he begged him. He goes back, and he takes the tube out. As soon, listen to me, as soon as I felt that tube coming out of me, I'm helped spitting it out. And I came to. He runs out. He runs out to the waiting room. He he said, Miss Mike, he's he's awake. He's awake. And my wife is excited. And they grab him. She's running through the, taking him to the ICU. But he stops us. He said, now listen. Now he had not had oxygen for six minutes. And he may not recognize you. He may be damage, brain damage. So she said, okay. So here I'm sitting up. I'm a little confused. I'm looking around. And she comes in and she said, honey, do you know who I am? I said, yeah, you're my wife. And they all cheered. All these doctors. I said, what all these doctors? I said, see, how did the surgery go? Did he finish it? She said, you died. I said, what? Hmm. You died. No, they didn't finish the surgery. We just, and then that's when I remembered that I choked out. And man, everybody in that unit came by to look at me, Brother Houston, 
because I was a miracle. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I'm saying this, mm-hmm. that I am down with health care, but I'm saying when I came out of that in the last two months, Allah has put into me, we got to get our own hospital. I no longer did think that when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in 1971-72 pushed for a hospital, the Negroes did not help him. But we have to have mm-hmm. our own hospitals because I was a victim of malpractice. This people are going to get sued. The anesthesiologist, mm-hmm. he did not do his job. And if Allah had not brought me back, which he told my wife was he had asthma and he had a bronchial spasm because of his asthma. That's BS. Mm-hmm. I choked. Mm-hmm. And they can't tell me because I heard your whole conversation. Now, when he found out that he didn't put me out, man, this guy is nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. He's calling like, he knows he can mess up. That's right. That's he right. Up. And I'm telling everybody listen, these breathing tubes. And and, 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 and and these machines, these ventilators, I believe mm-hmm. they're the number one reason we are dying. They're putting mm-hmm. these tubes down our throat, and sometimes they're putting it down and getting it set. set. It's choking us out because there's no air to put it to get it set, and we die. And they and they and they don't still understand. And I mean, I, I believe that. I believe that's our minister, our feast was taken out today. So my attitude mm-hmm. is, listen, man, uh, 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 tell them do a trait in your in your throat, but no breathing tubes. No. And be concerned about your loved ones when they go to do that. You say, can we put a trait instead of the tube down their throat? And, you know, the trach is the little hole they put in your throat, and they put it that way. But yes, sir. no, don't mm-hmm. put that breathing tube. Now, I'm saying we not only, brother, we need our own hospital, but we need to start off with small urgent care centers. We need our black doctors, our black nurses. We need a holistic approach to medicine. We have to do this. This is what Elijah Muhammad put in me. I don't know why I was letting this six minutes, but I came strong with that spirit. We're not going to call it mm-hmm. urgent care, Brother Rudolph. We're going to call them care of urgency for our people. We need care of urgency for our people. And so with all these little small little emergencies, we set up brilliant black nurses. We got so many. Our brilliant black doctors. We got so many. The Jewish people have their own hospital. We That's got right. to have our own hospitals. That's right. People that we keep putting ourselves in the care of people that's harvesting our organs, they don't care. Our young men are being shot and killed. I have word, Brother Rudolph, most of the doctors can save these young men, but they don't. You know why? They want the organs. Yes, sir. Mm. 
This is real. Yes, I'm not just saying this. That's right. This is what we finished. By the time that child gets to the morgue or to the funeral, he's empty. Right. Yep. Right. So his organs. He's got good liver, good kidneys. He got a good heart. He's a young man. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, we have to get our own hospital. We start That's off right. the care of urgency centers. Care of urgency centers in every city. We need like what you're doing, Brother Rudolph. We need black ambulance service in every city. We need our own. Yes, sir. Kind of care, urgency centers and hospitals that we would have in there. Predominantly Muslims who understand how to care for a human being. Muslim doctors that understand the Mm -hmm. diets that we are respecting. Some doctors that understand, I don't want to prescribe medicine. I want to give you holistic medicine. Yes, sir. We need it. And then you're not going to sit there and reject somebody because they don't have insurance. What are we talking about? You ain't got no insurance. No. Here's those who are not able to pay. And you're not going to get premium, but you get coach. You know what I'm saying? Nice thing going on. 
I know, your, I know part of your itinerary. Where's your brown t-shirt? I'm leaving right now. I got to go shower. That's what I'm saying. There's no water. What? That's your, there's no there's no water all morning. I heard. I'm hearing somebody talking. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt them. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I didn't know my phone was on live. I'm sorry. This is a live show. This is a live show. It is a live show. I thought I was on mute, brother. <laughs> brother Captain, continue on, please. I was talking to my daughter. Uh, all right. And I'm saying tomorrow is a great day for family. Uh, we got a couple good rappers uh, that's going to perform. We got youth. Uh, it, it, we got speakers. We got uh, people that are going to address gun violence. This which makes this so beautiful, Brother Rudolph, that we had a sponsor, an organization that sees the value of the work that we're doing. And, uh, yes, sir. you know, they, 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 they call it Community Foundation. Um, they're very good, and they donated a nice thing to cover the expenses of what we had to do. People are beginning to recognize that the Peacekeepers is a great initiative. You know, we got orange as our signature color, and we have 34 chapters, one in London, one in London, England, and other ones in Tobago and Trinidad. But the Peacekeepers Initiative is what you said. We take men in the community and we give them a training that would make them responsible enough to patrol their own neighborhood. Right. We, as black men in particular, 10,000 fearless is what the Honorable Minister Farrakhan called for. We must, we must, we must take responsibility to clean up our communities and make our neighborhood a safe and decent place to live. You cannot make it decent until you make it safe. So right. We can never say make a decent a safe place to live, we always got to say we got to make it a safe and decent place. Once you make it safe, then you can make it decent. But we have to make it safe first. That is very crucial. So we ask the men to give one hour a week, one hour, and find an area in your city, put orange on, one hour, be present, for peace. One hour. That's right. Out of a whole week. You know Jesus, brother Yusuf, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was praying so hard, but he was about ready to be handed over to his enemy. And he looked at his disciples, and they was asleep. Mm-hmm. They was asleep. At the most crucial time for Jesus. And Jesus looked at them, and these were his words according to the Bible. Could you not carry with me for one hour? Mm-hmm. Not be mm-hmm. with me for one hour? Going back to sleep. We're asking those of you. <laughs> Can you not carry with us for one hour? Can we not give one hour 
so that our children will be guaranteed a safe haven. Can we do that? So men, 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 and remember now, Brother Yusuf, all males are not men, but all men yes, are sir. males. I'm going to say it again. Yes, sir. Say that again, Brother All males. All men are males. Because you are males, that don't mean you're a man. That's right. Because to be a man, look at here. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said there are five principles of being a man. Do you want me to say those principles? Yes, sir. Please. Yes, sir. Write them down. The principles of being a man is, number one, a provider. Number two, a protector. Number three, a maintainer. Number four, a sustainer. And number five, one who's responsible to carry out the rest of the You can't be a man. not a provider. Be a man if you're not a protector. If you can't maintain a woman, but sustain being able to keep her, keep the lifestyle. Not up and down, eviction uh, 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 load is moving here. See, that's not sustaining. You can maintain, but you got to sustain. I'm telling you what I right. just described. I just described God. That's what I just described. That's yeah. God, y'all. If you don't believe me, mm-hmm. go into the book of Genesis saying God created man. In his image. In his life. Yes. I'm just telling you with the script. Don't get mad at me. So when you want to right. say you're a man, you can't be a man, you 40 years old, in the basement of your mother, and the only thing you maintaining is a pit bull. Huh? That's all you oh, got. Oh, Lord, Come on. Yourself a man, you can't sit at the same table with me. No, sit over to the other boy's table. No man's table. Providers, we are protectors. We maintain the sustainers. We don't run from responsibility. We run to responsibility. That's right. They want. They want. Can't be a man being single. Are you a man? You single? Be a man. You are in the process of training. Be a man till you get married. I we measure you now? Can't measure you single. Provide a protective man. Oh, what? I know responsibility. As soon as you get responsibility, eh, we can we can we can measure you. Oh, he's a good provider. Oh, yeah, he's a good protector. He take care of his family. Oh, no, no, he be maintaining them now. Oh, no, 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 he's consistent. He's sustaining. No, he no up and down with him. Oh, that's a man. That's what our women want. So when Brother Rudolph said, Captain Dennis is a trainer of men, where the only be like the mom in the middle of the day? They train me. All I do is, 
train me in those five principles. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. got trained in those five principles. Brother Yusuf got trained in those five principles. Brother Forrest, he got trained in those five principles. That's right. These are men. Protective providers, maintainers, sustainers, responsible men. Remember the five principles. Yourself to the five oh, principles. Mm-hmm. If you rep three out of five, you ain't bad. Five is hard. Well, I, I, I meant that sustaining part, Captain, because you know, helping down, trying to get a job. You know, I, you know, that's sustaining. That's, I'm working on that one. And I got the other ones covered. This is what Muhammad teaches us. And if you want, so we not only get this in the FY. But I give it to the peacekeepers. Right. Mm-hmm. The majority of the peacekeepers, they ain't in the nation. They, they shoot. But you wouldn't, you couldn't tell the difference. Am I right, Brother Houston? You couldn't tell the difference. Yes, sir. That's right. No. We got to stop playing around, black people. Because, listen, a brother called me the other day, and I'm going to be quiet. A young FOI, very well known in the nation. He says, Brother Captain, if we're not doing nothing and showing the kind of love that we, the Muslims, should show to one another, it seems like there's no forward, onward progress. And we're doing this while the minister is among us. What would happen, Brother Captain, when the minister leaves? Let me sound a little down. And I said to him, I said, young man, in the Bible, well, let me say this, in the Bible, Jesus says, it is expedient that I go away. But as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of this world. Jesus' light is so bright like the sun, you can't see the moon because he shines so bright. When the minister is present, you can't see those that's with it. Even those, those that's with the minister, they great men and women. But because the minister's presence is so bright, you ain't looking at them. Mm-hmm. You're looking at him, right? So those mm-hmm. that with the minister that are brilliant teachers, brilliant ministers, brilliant captains. They are walking in the shadow of the Honorable Minister Parker. So he said, it's expedient that I go away. Go, wait a minute, look at your brother. You said, greater works when you do. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, look at here, brother. You, see, you're a spiritual man. So when you see Jesus departs, it goes into what they call the book of Acts. That's right. Go ahead. The book of Acts. It's in the books of Acts. Disciples become apostles, and they were doing greater work than Jesus. Man, they was making the blind see the deaf hear. It was only after he left. The word Acts. C T. 
A-C-T, to put yourself in there, you still put I. I. Just how you be bending. 
I just thought I'd say that y'all thank y'all so much. Tomorrow at 10 to 5 in Flint, Michigan, Brother Rudolph, we need you there as a medical uh, uh, standby. Uh, I love your presence, Brother. You, you have taught me so much about CPR. You've trained all the peacekeepers in CPR. And because I'm a witness, CPR, Brother Rudolph, brought me back to life. And I am a great advocate that everybody need to know CPR. And I'm a witness. It brought me back to life. So, Brother Rudolph, thank you. Brother Yusuf, you know I love you. You, as a, as a former firefighter, and you're always a firefighter. You know, firefighters are known to put out fires. <laughs> but they're also known to start some. So, so you know. <laughs> yeah, we understand the wisdom of a firefighter. You know, some fires you just some sometimes you just got to start one. Right? So, so we right. make sure we ain't gonna have no problems. But thank you so much. Thank you. And my man's back there. Man, I love me some forest. Man, I ain't gonna tell you no lie. I love me some forest. That's my man's in there, man. And uh, we lost <laughs> a great one. We lost a great one, man, brother. Suleiman, Brother Steve, I trained him, y'all. Mm-hmm. I trained him. And I was the one who mm-hmm. put him over there at Silvia's to be the security for Silvia's. When you go to Silvia's, he was the one to open up the door for you, Brother, brother Suleiman. And I used to laugh. He had old all throughout the years because every time he get paid, he had to come and bring the captain off something. And that was the rules. You kick upstairs. Everybody knows you kick upstairs. <laughs> yeah. These young these youngers don't know nothing about kicking upstairs. You know, they're so ungrateful. But he kicked upstairs. He kicked upstairs, right? So, so every now and then, well, I mean, with Stu, with being over there, I would always say, you sure yeah. she didn't give you one envelope, man? I mean, check the time. You know, you, so when well, I see yeah, when I seen Sister Tyra, and even though you know she know that was always a joke, and she was she was down because brother had departed. So you know I'm 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 lighting up. So I said, Sister Tyra, I said, uh, uh, can you do me a favor, Sister? Can you go through these things? I think there may be another end, brother, with my name when he owe me. To <laughs> he bust, he bust out laughing. <laughs> He bust out and start laughing. Boy, Captain, something else, boy, Captain. That was a takeaway. She laughed and said, Captain, you a man. You know, I thought I knew. That's the only way I'm going to remember, brother, from, that, from now on, you know. Because she didn't know what I was going to say, man. And uh, But, brother, mm-hmm. celebrate each and every one. Because when I, when I left here, brother, can't nobody tell me now. There was no music. There was no light. I didn't hear my mother's voice. I didn't hear the ancestors. Uh, the Muslims said that when you die, you get 70 virgins. I didn't see no 70 virgins. But I sure never look upon them. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother, you think I see a couple of strippers. I don't know. I think, what the happened? Brother Captain, the law couldn't show you that, brother. You wouldn't come back. You got a mission. You got, that's why I didn't show you, brother. <laughs> Seven virgins been taken, dude. It only was seventy. You know they've been taken. 
know. But anyway, I, I mean, when I tell you, death has no memory. And the minute, and Allah put in my heart, see, Brother, brother Ford said something because he experienced it. See, Brother Rudolph, Brother Yusuf, I don't know where I was at for those six minutes. I can't okay. tell you. I don't know. I know when you have a computer and you want to reboot it, when you want to reboot it, you turn it off. Turn it off. You know, you wait for a minute or two, whatever, and you turn it back on, and you get rid of some of the things that was open. And I, I just believe Allah rebooted me. You know, got rid of all the viruses and the stuff that was, was slowing me down, my sins, was, I wasn't operating right. He updated me. Put some new hardware in me. Now when I speak like this voice, there's things that come out my mouth that I don't know where it comes from. So when you hear me, let me tell you what Allah put on me, and I'm going to say there's something through with it. In my mind, Allah said to me, say this. Tell them, never say that when a loved one dies, they're in a better place. It seems right. to be that's something right. that angers Allah because there's no better place than life. Death mm-hmm. is not a better place. I'm saying it to you. I, I don't say that no more. Well, they're in a better No. better place is life. The better place mm-hmm. is with us right now. That's a better place. No better place in death. So God angels when we say that because he is saying this, brother, you say, I'm the God of the living. I'm the God of the living. Allah don't entertain us in death. Do y'all hear me? Entertain us in death. Yes, sir. I know. And we return back to the awesome darkness from which we come forth. That's where we come from. We return back there. Now, the spirit and the effort, I don't know nothing about that. I don't remember nothing. I must admit something to the God who brought me back out of 7 billion people on this planet. 7 billion. How many, Brother Yusuf, how many, Brother Afosh, how many, Brother Rudolph, believe in this man named Master Kuala Muhammad out of the 7 billion? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of the 7 billion? A small Number. Five percent is that. Mm-hmm. So now, you all, not you all, nobody can tell me Muhammad Muhammad's not God. I didn't call Peace. on Jesus. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't call on Yahweh. I didn't call on Jehovah. I didn't call on no spook God. I call him Master Farad Muhammad. That's what mm-hmm. the, the restricted law says, worship no God. That's right. Know who that God is. Don't they say whatever they want, and they can say whatever. I'm no longer a believer. Go ahead. I have moved. Noah. Noah is God. 
And I don't have to tell you, I, I think it's going to be in heaven. I mean, no, no, no. I know it's not. I know that And you can tell me you died for seven minutes. I'll listen to you. I'm telling you. He allowed me to come back to tell this story. You know, every day I cried throughout the night. I'm traumatized, yes. My wife traumatized. We can't sleep. I can't. I closed my eyes, and I remember that last breath. I remember that. I looked in my mind. I remember. I mean, the feeling in the after while when I realized it was final. It's, it's, it's over. It's a wrap. I'm out of here. And that was all I remember. But I'm here mm. to be able to tell you, Houston, to be able to tell you, Rudolph, to be able to tell you, Brother yes, Ford, I'm here to tell you I love you, brothers. And ain't nothing you can do about it. We and love you, too, Brother Cap. We love you, too, Brother Cap. Man, and I'm present for peace. Thank you. And I'm present for peace, Brother. Thank y'all. No, we thank you, Brother Cap. All praise is due to Allah. All praises due to Allah. Brothers and sisters, you've just heard from our dear brother, Brother Captain Dennis Muhammad of the Peacekeepers Global Initiative. He's Captain Emeritus in the Nation of Islam. He's just such a beautiful brother. And Brother Captain, I'm telling you, brother, to listen to you, brother, it, it, it just took me so many different places. But first of all, I heard what you said lastly about you and your wife being traumatized. So our prayer here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is that you and your wife and your family continue to heal well and feel well. We know the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And you know us as your brothers, what we'll be doing for you because we know you've already done it for us and so many brothers and sisters across the nation and across the world is number one when we talk about healing and that bomb being in Gilead. And then when you talked about the brightness of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, it reminded me, Brother Captain, of this song we used to sing in the church. It said, walk in the light, beautiful light. Come where the mercies of dewdrops are bright. Shine all around me by day and by night. Jesus, the light, I mean, Farrakhan, the light of, I mean, G, I mean, Farrakhan, the light of the world. <laughs> and so that was such a beautiful, <laughs> that was such a beautiful analogy you gave, brother, about being rebooted. And um, we both know our dear brother, brother, student minister, Willie Muhammad from Muhammad Mosque number 46 in New Orleans. And he has an initiative called I Have a Testimony. And he also is a subject matter expert on conflict resolution, as you and he have worked together many times bringing that healing to the brothers and sisters there in New Orleans after the trauma they had before Hurricane Katrina the trauma they had during Hurricane Katrina, and the drama that still exists. I just saw a special the other day about the children of Hurricane Katrina. That was 2005, so they're almost 20 years old now. 
wow. growing up post Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans and all that that exists. So I pray a lot that your initiative will be successful tomorrow there in Flint, Michigan. And I didn't, I you know, we don't believe in coincidences. So with Brother Forrest, you were talking about Flint, and we heard Brother Forrest with his open mic come and say, I don't have no more water. So we know the situation in Flint with the water. You know what I mean? We know how essential water is to us in terms of life. Water is to me in terms of a firefighter forever. Water is to you if your home is on fire, and we don't have no water to put it out. So you just said so much, but Cap, and you know, I owe you a phone call, but I didn't want to call you unless I, you know, uh, kick something up there, uh, brother, as you talked about, brother, Tuli Bond, you know what I mean? And uh, all the soldiers that passed away, brother, brother Assad, brother, brother Robin Five, may Allah be pleased with him, and we understand yeah. that Darlene just transitioned yeah. from yeah. mouse number seven. So may Allah be pleased yeah. with all of them. But Cap, continue, man, to keep that smile on your face, brother. Keep keep that testimony, brother. Your testimony. I mean, I don't even have to call you and ask you, are you getting better? Because I hear it. <laughs> but let me say this. I hear it, black me. man. They didn't do the surgery, so I'm in total constant pain. That was the reason. It was the surgery. They had to go on my L2, L3. And I have a buzzing disc that is pushing on the nerve. And he was going to go in and take it and take it off the nerve, but I didn't get the surgery. So I'm in constant pain. So I'm not going to get no surgery. Uh, they're not getting on me. I'm not going under no more. So the doctor, uh, my doctor, it prescribed me about 120 Oxycontin pills. Now, when I say that, Negroes are looking at you, man, man, do you know what he can do with that oxygen? It seems like <laughs> ever since my family knew I had them, they all got pain. <laughs> not so much, but, uh, you know, my, my knee be aching real bad. Lord, Lord, Lord. Brother, Lord. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm trying, brother, you some nuts to take it because I don't, I, I got them right. I mean, I, I mean it's, I'm like, damn. And I'm trying, so I went to a pain management doctor today. And let me show mm-hmm. you how Allah works. The pain management doctor, his name is Nasir Hussein, Muslim. When mm. he yeah. looked over and found out everything that happened to me, he said, you are a great candidate for this new treatment. Are you interested with it? It's called spinal cord stimulation. I said, what is this? He says, we take two cords. We do a slight cut. He says, we're not putting you under the number. You will. You can feel it, but you you, 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 you conscious, but you know. And I put these two mm-hmm. cords into your nerves in your spine. And I got a little like a little computer that's on the outside of your skin, patch. For seven days is a trial, and you could turn mm-hmm. the simulation that kills the pain or blocks the pain from the brain. I said, what? And he says, if you like this, we're going to have the thing on the outside for seven days. If it works, 
then you like it, then we will put it in you permanently like a pacemaker. Mm-hmm. And you will be able to, to, to control it and there'll be no more pain because you have numbed your nerve from your head. And I said, man, when can we do this? And he said, mm-hmm. well, you have to take and get your family. He gave me some literature to look over this. And I said, Allah, you're right, God. He got a Muslim. He's telling me he know my situation. And he's telling me I got the best. He gives me the best candy. You don't want to don't go in your back no more. The only thing is, is that pain, if we can manage that pain, then we could. And I mean, listen now, the pain is so great that, I mean, the oxy knocks the pain out. I ain't going to lie to you. The oxy knocks the heck on pain out. But I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I was going to go online, mm-hmm. Brother Yusuf, and show yes, sir. the oxy in, throwing it away in the trash. But if I did that, these niggas would have been out in front of my house. Trash would have been spawned up. All out of the front of the yard. These niggas would have went in it. So I said, no, no, no. Hey, I was going to put this chicken pork Clorox on it. Now, what y'all going to do? But I want everybody to know oh, now. Lord. I'm going to tell you something. My dear brother, Brother Rudolph, he introduced me into looking to the CBD oil. I said, okay. Uh-huh. The pain management doctor told me the same thing. Check out the CBD uh-huh. oil. Not the weed part. Uh-huh. The weed, uh, not the yeah. gummy, but the oil. Man, he sent yeah, me the oil was about $50. Told me to take the eye drop, put it under my tongue for one to two minutes. It would take away inflammation and also work on your muscles. He says, it's going to take a week or two to get in your system. Let me tell you something. This is about, we're in our eighth day. Now, my wife, she's doing it with me, so she got to, you know, I take something, she can tell me how you feel about it. Let me tell you something. I don't take the oxygen. That bad boy. But let me tell you what it do. It only have 0.3% THC. It don't have 3% uh, THC. 0.3%, meaning a small amount. But when uh, I take uh, that bad boy under my tongue, and my God, I'm relaxed, and I want to listen to some cold train. <laughs> yes, sir. I want to listen, well, I listen only, to some Miles Davis. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. Miles ahead and love supreme. Right? That's only right. You a lover. Yeah, love supreme. <laughs> I would listen. Maybe I would listen to Gene Armand. Hey, look at. I would listen to Gene Armand. The boss is back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, man. And then Brother Rudolph was the one. And the cream. He gave me some cream to rub on my knee. Was I rubbed it on my knee? So he told me to put that on my back. So. I'm trying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than the oxy. Mm-hmm. It's better than the oxy. I'm telling you, man, I have my, hey, I have my, my brother, my brother-in-law would have offered me $25,000 for the whole bottle. That's $25,000. <laughs> he said he could sell it for $50 a pill. And that's up. I said, get out of here. I said, no, I mean, I'm not in the dope game, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I can't do that. That's I'm right. in the, a dust instep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I think we got Brother Rudolph back. He had to step off for a minute, but we know Brother Rudolph's a healer. So we thank Allah yeah. that he recommended that to you. 
Oh, I think Brother Rudolph, you, you back with us? Yeah, yeah, do that ball for a minute. He'll be back there. Yeah, oh, I okay. think he managed. I didn't mean to cut you off, but Cap, go ahead, but Cap, yes, sir. That's a, that's an alternative, see. And can't nobody tell yes, me that oxy's is better than natural herbs or herbs. So uh, hey, man, I'm cool. Right. I'm cool, man. But right. I'm excited about this this spinal cord stimulation. Um, uh, I'm gonna probably get it maybe within a week or two. I'll come back on your show. All right. And and and, and yes, tell you we, the the results, but I can't be in Flint, Michigan, because when they was checking, getting me ready, when he was talking to me, the doctor said I'm gonna have to do something today that you may not like, but I got to see the threshold of your pain, so I have to twist you like a presto to get to where that pain at. I said what? He said I know this is going, but I got to see where the pain is at. So you tell us you got pain, but man, that man did a move on me, brother. I started to do a two piece on it, you know. And uh, <laughs> but, but after I, yeah, after, I got to, after I got to I, I was in such pain, I had to take the hockey, and I was knocked out. You know, I got back and I said, God, I'm feeling like, man, what did he do? But he said, but this pain we getting ready to do is gonna take all that away. So. All praises due to Allah. So your audience know what's happening with Captain D, man. Yes, sir. All praises yes, due to Allah. And for the family who don't know what a two-piece is, it ain't no Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> and it's really mercy. It's really mercy. Because the cat we know, he wouldn't give us no two-piece. He'd give us a one-hitter quitter and then say, fall in, soldier. <laughs> Uh, right, right. <laughs> Go ahead, brother Rudolph. The floor is yours, brother. Uh, Captain, we uh, love you, Captain. We love you. But you man, yes, we do. Yes, we do. We love our Captain Dennis, boy. Yeah. You, you want you want a fat lip and a black eye? Say something about Captain Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, did you go to the Did you go to fly? It depends. It, it will only seem to give him another one. <laughs> you so funny, man. You're going to be such a shame so you can send me back again. Lord, <laughs> and, and surely persecution is worse than slaughter. Y'all got Brother Forrest on it. They don't know nothing about Brother Forrest. Emergency. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got I know where all his bones is buried. <laughs> <I got, laughs> hey look I up there some of them, you know what I'm saying? Uh, brother Captain, the reason why you know where all the bones are buried, brother, because you gave me instructions of where to bury him at. <laughs> <laughs> Today, 
You know, it, it's not safe to go nowhere, especially on Fridays. Right. Yeah. So our people have to be very careful. So make your home your entertainment. I entertain in my home. I've gotten to the cooking game, brother. Used to, I mean, I, I put the mm. lamb. Listen, man, I did a lamb thing that, that brother, it, you just can't bring your mama around because, you know, you just one of them smack your mama type things, man. And then the lamb was so awesome, so tender. And when I cut them, I had to hold them in my cup and I put them on the grill and, and get that smoke flavor. I invited my family over. They, you know, Negroes don't bite people for lamb. You got hot dogs, all that. But lamb right. is, is a delicate to poor black people. They're like, man, they stand in line. And I take great pride. Me and my wife, I love to entertain I, in my home. Then, wait a minute. So I said, I said, now I'm going to go after the beef rib game. I'm going to try the beef ribs, right? So I said, baby, I never did beef ribs before. Now I'm, I'm got to. So, man, let me tell you something. We got that. We got them beef ribs and we put them in the oven. And my wife had them on 200 for about six hours. Covered up. Mm. When she brought them out, they were tender. Now, I'm going to put them on the grill. All right? So when she brought them out, now I got this I got this special barbecue sauce that meant sweet and hot. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, when you go to, you got to lick your fingers, you know, type of thing. And man, look at here, I wear them <laughs> up, brother. I, I, I mopped them down. I mopped them down and put them on that, on that, on that smoker. I got a smoker. I covered that bad boy up with a nice. smoker. And Lord, boy, after that smoking, cooking with that maple wood, I cook not with barbecue, not with the uh, 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 the grill, the the cubes, the charcoal. Right, the charcoal. The wood. Right. Yeah. Wood, uh-huh. I wood, know. I know. I cook. see it. Mm-hmm. And Lord, oh, man, when I took the lid off of there and got it all mopped down, and I'm telling you, it was so tender. My family was standing in line like planes on the runway. Man, they was like, man, I, I mean, I just gave them a so, so, so yesterday, my sister came over, so I'm trying to try the oxtail. I said, okay, I'm getting crazy with this thing right now. I need to do this oxtail game because, you know, oxtail, you know, the Jamaicans, they got the oxtail. oxtail right, right, right. Out. You know, I can't tell you. Yeah, I got to give me some oxtails, man. I'm just drinking the oxtails, baby, and right. Okay. So my sister came over, and she put them damn oxtails in one of them pressure cookers. I forgot them what they call them, the new thing. Uh-huh. And she That's it, pressure cooker. Boy, yeah. And man, with the, mm-hmm. and I, she took them out, and I said, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, man. Mm-hmm. So, so I said, well, listen, the next time, we're going to go from that, but I'm going to put that bad boy on the grill. I just got to smoke it. I just got to smoke it, you know? And uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. I ain't got nothing else to do. I ain't, I ain't got nothing else to do, man. And, you know, I, I enjoy my family. I don't go nowhere. My back won't allow me. But I tell you, man, when they hear you get an invite to come over my house, them niggas will show up and show out. And then, of course, we got to put the card game. Now, the old, old folks, we play dead with. But we got another thing for the same. Yes, sir. That's the grown man's oh. game. Oh, you know about that dead with, Brother Rudolph? Oh, yeah. 
Did we say pee knuckle, brother? Ooh, we <laughs> I, I had a great upbringing by that Sunday school teacher. <laughs> oh, brother. You come on, brother. Come space, on, brother. brother. You know we take big risks and pee knuckle and, and spades, brother. Come on. Now. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you got your spade game to go on. You know, it's like, but you know, but that, that big risk boy. Oh, that's a game right there, man. And that. Uh, but I tell you, dear family, I thank you so much. This is healing for me. Y'all making me feel so much better. I realize it's the word of God. I'm telling you, you, That's right. you could be down like four flat tires, but soon as you preach the That's word right. of God, you up and flying, oh, yeah. brother. You know? You That's keep right. Preaching. I love your yeah. preaching, brother. You keep preaching. Love and, and I want you, brother, you said, I want you to go and read the 90th surah of the Holy Quran titled The City. Mm-hmm. And when you read that, and the reason why I'm saying that is because the minister turned 90. So I went to the 90th mm-hmm. surah, and it was, a, mm-hmm. it was an eye-opener. Because in the 90th yeah. surah of the Holy Quran, dear brother, it starts off saying to Muhammad that he's free from the obligation and responsibility mm-hmm. of the mother city, which is Mecca. Mm. And I'm trying to right, say, right, right. Allah free Muhammad. Then it goes down and it says, because, what? They do not no longer attempt to up your road. Mm-hmm. When I went back, they do not longer attempt to up your road. And what is the up your road? Mm-hmm. It's faith. Now, wait a minute. That's right. I know mm-hmm. that Mecca the root of civilization, according with Master Muhammad said to us, right? Mecca, yes, the sir. root of civilization. Now, if it's the root of civilization, and we came as the first to be civilized under this God named Master Muhammad, then the civilization, the root of civilization, is us. We, the nation of Islam, is the root of civilization under Master Farah Muhammad's kingdom. So that means right. to be the Mecca. Mecca is not a city. Mecca is not a town. Mecca is a mm-hmm. people. So if mm-hmm. the people, and if God says to Muhammad, in this place, the minister of Africa, you free, then he says, because we are no longer doing what we're supposed to do. We're not fishing no more. We're not attempting mm. to uphill road. We're not trying to free the slaves no more. But Master Barah Muhammad, mm-hmm. brother, you said he would climb a mountain 40 miles high. Yes. No longer. When the last time any one of y'all brought the dead right to the mind. We're not mm-hmm. fishing. Mm-hmm. So when you see us not attempting to up here, look at this, brother, for The food is the best. He's concentrating to get himself to me and overcome. All of us in this fact. His soul purpose. His soul purpose. His soul purpose is to deliver. See million more dead to the Lamb of God. That's the 17 papers. That's 1700 final calls. 17 million more dead. Deliver the people. How do you think I got into Islam? From spook God, a brother stopped in the car. I'm standing on the corner, 18 year old. He jumps out in his car, 
Hey, brother, what you doing on Sunday? Come on with me. Christian. Mm-hmm. Bring the dead out no more. So if we don't attempt to up your road no more, then he has no obligations to us. I'm free. Mm-hmm. You're no longer preaching no more. You're no longer trying to bring out the dead no more. So the minister started his birthday. He said, a thousand poor people. Mm-hmm. Because it says that in one of the things is to feed the people, to feed the orphans. He does that. Right. Not to mention 2,000 at the end of Ramadan. That's right. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? People bring the dead to the mosque. We had, when we was brothers in the forest, he was, now, now, listen, you had to bring the dead. Now, we, under, under us, you didn't come in there empty handed. Maybe you better go out there and get your right. if you want to come up in this mall. We brought That's the right. dead out. That's what we did. I had the lieutenant say, brother, that brother don't bring nobody else. Put him back home. What we need him here for? All the people out there, all the, all the people in Brooklyn, you can't find one person to bring out. That's the drive of the lieutenant. But the Bible, the Quran says, Brother Yusuf, we don't no longer attempt. We don't attempt to up your mm-hmm. road no more. Read it. Read That's right. I ain't just sure. The city. They're free to enslave the debt. They're slaves to property. They're slaves to drugs. They're slaves to alcohol. They're slaves to the. They're slaves to free a slave. And let me tell you You said this brother About adversity In that same story You'll read it It says Allah created man to face difficulties In that same story Mm -hmm. You'll read it Why is that in in, in that story Because after difficulty comes ease But if you read the Mm -hmm. footnote It says difficulty Is the greatest Tool of advancement it's through difficulty that we made the great man made his greatest advancement. Come on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. It's through difficulty that man made his greatest advancement. How do you know? We, I'm, in a, I'm in a studio in New York, a little small studio. Man, I can't move around. Nothing. I'm saying, man, I'm in a difficulty. I can't bring nobody home. I can't bring nobody home. So what do I do? That difficult situation forced me to get a two-bedroom. But I would have never thought about getting a two-bedroom if I went in a difficult situation. Come on, that's right. It's difficulty. Difficulty creates advancement. Everyone, every one of us have been in difficult uh, marital relationships. But that difficulty allows us to advance. So that's why the Quran says God created man to face difficulty. But after difficulty mm-hmm. comes ease. So, I, so I'm sorry about it. I just took up a lot of time to thank y'all so much. But any questions, maybe you have a little few minutes, but uh, 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 thank you so much. No, nah, yeah. brother, Captain, you know we <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Beautiful. You have been listening to the voice of Captain Dennis Muhammad. Yes, yes. He was the guest pastor at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness uh, this week. 
Yes. Beautiful, brother, Captain. Beautiful. Now, after an A selection from the choir, we'll be back. <laughs> the doors of the church are open. Yeah. You know, brother, brother Captain, when I listened to your last statement, big brother, um, it reminded me of study guide number three, Overcoming Difficulty by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And many of us are quite familiar with this quote he has in that study guide where he says, everything of value has a difficulty difficult factor to attached to it. Attached to it. Everything value has a difficulty factor attached to it. So I thank you, Brother Captain, for bringing up those scripts. You never have to apologize, Brother, for letting the spirit move you, you know, right. because uh, we all just fall back. I mean, wait for you to say, okay, can the um, – the 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 the, the uh, sentinels of the uh, of the the charity department passed the receptacles. It's time to say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, sir. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, thank you so much. I feel so much better. Thank you so much, brothers. May Allah bless you all with great success. And remember, the Quran says. From the believers we do good, there's no fear, nor shall they grieve. The key word in there is do good. For the believers who do good, it is right. such good that Allah, not the good that you do for yourself, because if you don't drink, that's good for you. If you don't smoke, any, that's good for you. But what good you do for God? is when you bring people to him. That's when you do good, when you take a fellow human being and feed them, clothe them, and give them charity, give words of advice. When you do good to other people, mm-hmm. evidently, I had did some good because the Quran, the Bible says, Allah will weigh you for your good. He will use your good to feed the good heaven with your good life. But evidently to hear you, brother, say what you feel about Brother Dennis, you're telling me I did some good. I did some good. And I thank God because when you don't do good, then you are no good to God. Oh, man, I got to see that. <laughs> if you don't do good, then you are no good to God. Hello. Beautiful. Beautiful. Brother Rudolph, I'm going to let you have the last word, brother, since we're at 556 uh, and we're in the last few moments of this wonderful, wonderful, in my humble opinion, uh, uh, program this week. We thank Allah for Brother Captain Dennis Muhammad. And Brother Captain, as you and all the believers know that when the God came with the supreme wisdom, he gave the most honorable Elijah Muhammad in Muslim lesson. Lost, found, Muslim lesson number two, question and answer number 17. He asked the question, what is the meaning of civilization? And this is what came to my mind about us reminding us how important 
fishing is? And the answer, as we know, is uh, the meaning of civilization is knowledge, wisdom, understanding, culture, and refinement. Not a savage, the pursuit of happiness. So we ask our listening audience, let's continue in the name of the God and civilization to pursue happiness. I think the, the writer said it like this, Brother Rudolph, clap your hands if you feel like you're in a room without a roof. Because I'm happy, clap your hands because happiness is the truth. And the truth is I really uh, feel very happy, Brother Captain, to hear your voice and your spirit. May Allah continue to bless you and your family. I greet you all as I greet you with the greeting words of peace. As-salamu alaykum. Don't forget, my Captain, text me that info, the address for the uh, park tomorrow. Um, and, and, and I will definitely, if Allah spares my life, I will be there to do what I do and to be with the peacekeepers and the people. I, I most certainly will, Brother Rudolph. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. Thank you, Brother Forrest. May Allah truly put his protection and blessing around you all. I see you tomorrow, inshallah, brother. Rudolph, thank you for going yes, there. Make us feel safe that if anything happens, God forbid, we got a qualified medical team on the premises. May Allah bless you all. I got to rock and roll, y'all. I said, I'm a Lincoln. Well, alaikum salam, brother. Well, alaikum salam, thank, sir. Thank you, brother Yusuf. Thank you, Forrest, Sister Yvette. Thank you to the uh, Black Hole radio family that kept us on the air. Thank you to the listeners that called in, that just listened in. And most of all, thank you to the God himself for giving us breath and extending us another uh, a, a, a day of mercy and grace in his wonderful creation called universe. If it be the will of, us, of God, we will see you, talk to you, be with you again next Friday, this same time, this same place, for another edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, sir. I can I somebody I travel
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.